Hi, I'm Ruby. And I'm Soren. We're the hosts of We Live Here Too, a podcast about the people and spaces of rural America. In this episode, we're going to look at the uh, current members of the Iowa Senate and their occupations. And uh, Ruby, can, can you talk a little bit about why we're interested in looking at the senator's occupations? Yes. Okay. But first, we were going to look at both the Iowa Senate and the House. Right. Yes. Like, do all of them. Right. And we started working on the data compilation, like, around Memorial Day. And we started with the House. Um, And there's 100 members of the House, as opposed to 50, although now currently 49 in the Senate. Um, And I think we got through about 40 of the House members and then kind of dropped off. 40. So that would be 40%. Because there are are 100 (laughs) 100. members, right? Yes. Um, Because, I mean, the the legislative pages for them, some of them are fleshed out really well, um, you know, and have listed what their occupation is. But then I didn't want to just depend on necessarily that uh, source. So right. I wanted to double check it, you know, at least one or two places. And then people who are listed as retired, well, we'd like to know what it was they did right. before they retired. Um, okay, so summer didn't really get much further into it. And then we decided, well, we'll just split it into two episodes and we'll do the Senate first and then we'll come back to the House. Okay, so that's why we're doing the Senate today. But, um, and there are only 50 people in the Senate. It's a lot so. easier. <clears throat> yes. Also, the Senate data was organized a lot better on the government, the Iowa legislature's um, website. So it went a lot faster. Interesting. As you can attest, because you helped with the data. Yes, that's true. Yes. Okay. But why did we decide to do this period? That was my question for you. (laughs) I know, but I want you to answer it first. You know why. Oh, well, so, you know, we've been thinking a lot about um, the people that represent us or the fact that we elect people to the legislature to represent us. Mm -hmm. And so we were curious to know, um, in terms of occupations, how representative the representatives are. Yes. And we were asking ourselves that question because we had other people ask us that question to individuals specifically. Right. Shortly after the election, actually, um, the 2020 election where we lost our house race. Right. Um, and those, it, were, those were a couple of working class people. Yes. Although one is, one is a small business owner. Mm-hmm. But, but define it's, her it's small hard business. To, it's hard to say small business owner with a straight face. I know. But, um, Which people will understand very shortly. Yes, that's yeah. foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> but no, for real. So right. her small she, business is a bar slash restaurant. In a small town. In a very small town in yeah. rural Iowa. Yes. And then the other one is... Um, a, uh, I want to, how to best describe her job. We don't want to give away who these people are. So they're, I mean, they didn't ask to be on this podcast. <laughs> um, she's, a, she's a, she's a supervisor food, food service in food service supervisor. Yeah. That's what I would say. Um, she runs the kitchen, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot going on. So, uh, those two individuals, but one is a demo is a registered Democrat and the other is a registered independent. Um, one actually voted for Trump, one voted for Biden, but they both expressed concerns to me that it, it who is it that we're electing? If, right. if we don't elect someone like you, 
who they, you know, as working women, they felt young working women with children, they felt they very much identified with, then who exactly are we electing? And I said, wow, that is a very good question. Who, who is the Iowa House? Who is the Iowa Senate? And then, right, because they're concerned about how well the people in the legislature understand the issues that working people face on a day-to-day basis. Yes. That's, that's what you're saying. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then, I mean, we talked during those course of those conversations, we talked more about how, you know, there's a lot of people that um, run on a working, what they say is a working class background mm-hmm. or that they come from a working class background, like their parents were working class. Or that they stand for working people. Or that they stand for working people. Mm-hmm. But um, what what those two individuals um, expressed to me was that to them, there should be people living that reality. Mm-hmm. Um, not They didn't act like they thought the whole entire Iowa State House or anybody's state house, any state's state house should be made entirely of working class individuals who are currently in that um, blue collar pool. But right. um, they just thought it was kind of strange that it seemed to them like working people can't run for office and make it work, um, you know, let alone actually make the, the run work, but then get elected and help steer our state when the majority of the people in this state are working class. Right. So it just didn't make a good, it did not make them feel good right. <laughs> when right. the election ended for that reason. <clears throat> um, but then there was the third, the third, um, what would you call it? reason that mm-hmm. I really wanted to do this and you say his name because I'm going to say it wrong the senator from California oh Alex Padilla yes so you explain that and then I'll add to it Be- well before we started recording this you explained it <laughs> very well um I I'm not sure that I could do justice to it so <laughs> okay fine I, I I yield to the gentle lady <laughs> <laughs> from Benton County. Okay, so, all right, so he um, was appointed, right, mm-hmm. to fill um, now Vice President Kamala Harris's Senate seat in California. Right. Because she was... Um, the junior U.S. Senator. Through the election. Right. Right, yes. Okay, so... Well, um, well until she resigned to yes. become Vice President. So then, right. Um, all right, so he was appointed, what's his name again? Senator... Alex Padilla. Okay. To fill Kamala Harris's seat. And um, I watched the him taking the oath live, as I said, probably on C-SPAN or something. And then his first speech as a... Yes, that the, he gave the, from sta- the floor. The standard first speech mm-hmm. from the floor, right? Um, okay. So he talked about... Um, well, I'll just open... His opening um, remarks were, it is an honor and privilege of a lifetime to serve as a voice for all Californians at this critical moment in our nation's history as the proud son of immigrants from Mexico. I watched my parents work resiliently hard for 40 years, my father as a cook and my mother as a housekeeper to give my sister, my brother, and I a better chance in life. Today and every day, I will work as hard as my parents did to build a better future for the next generation. Um, So there was more, too. I mean, it was a lengthy speech. Um, And it just struck me while I was watching it that why is it always that, that you haven't made it I mean, and I understand this as a working person because it's a struggle to be a housekeeper. It's a struggle to be a cook. It's a struggle to work a factory floor job, you know, on your feet all day. Um, but why is it that that it seems like, at least for a lot of um, 
I think Democrats and Republicans that run for office, they make note of the fact that their parents had a blue-collar life and gave them a very good life working hard. So now they have, quote, made it, whether they're an attorney, mm -hmm. you know, or a doctor or whatever. And so now it's it, it, it matters that they're that they're running for office right. because they've made it when before, okay, putting aside that his, his parents were immigrants, so probably couldn't have run for president or whatever, but, um, why is it not good enough to run for office when you are a working person? Mm -hmm. Why does that viewpoint not hold as much weight as the viewpoint of an attorney who's been to so many years of higher ed? That's right. just, and it just, I, and I wasn't trying in my head, I, w I felt bad thinking this because I didn't want to be critical of, you know, the story he was telling because clearly he's very proud of his parents mm -hmm. and the life they gave him and his brother and sister that look at what I have now accomplished. I'm the first, he was the first uh, Latino to represent Californians in the Senate. Mm -hmm. So that's a big deal. Right. But I don't know. They showed pictures, I think, of his mother and his parents and, you know, um, in their wardrobe that right. they would wear for their right. working jobs. Right. And to me, that really bothered me hmm. that it just didn't think, seem like it was valued, even though it was clearly right, by him. Right. I think it's a fairly common thing though, for parents to feel a need to work hard to earn a living and then to set the stage so that their children can be perhaps more successful. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, I wonder to what degree his, uh, his statement was influenced by his parents. I don't know the answer to that, but. And I think as a parent, you know, of four children, you know, you think to yourself, well, you don't want your kids to have to work so hard, right? you know, to make it. But then you think if there were more working people exactly. making the laws, why isn't, you know, if you work 40 hours a week and you're working really hard, say in a kitchen, why is that, that not producing you a good life? Because you're right. working. You're right. not, quote, sitting around. You're right. you're you're <clears throat> contributing to society like everyone else. And as we've seen now with um, you know, the supply chain crisis and the shortage of workers, people doing those jobs really, really matter. Mm -hmm. And there might be a reason that they're not doing those jobs right now because they weren't being valued. And did anybody that spoke for them were they sitting in those state house seats? Right. You know, before we arrived here at this point, I think a lot of um, people would admit that we have a what did we call that? We have a a homage. We, our our occupations are homogenized um, in the state house. I don't think that's the right it's, way to say it, but it, it kind yeah, of it's, is. It's yeah, it's a fairly uh, homogenous group. Yes, there. That's a better way yeah. to describe it. Okay. There so, could certainly be more diversity in occupations, and I think one of the one of the things that um, came to mind as you were just uh, leading up to that is that, as an example, without going you know too far down on a political rant, mm -hmm. um, you know one of the things that that you talk a lot about is collective bargaining. And unions, mm -hmm. organized labor, mm -hmm. etc. You mean when we when we <clears throat> ran for house? 
Yeah, and yeah. just in your daily life as well. Okay, that's it's true. not it's that that's not something you talk talked about just when you were running for this office. This is true. I write articles about that. Is, stories that is like right. That. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and of course, at the time that we're recording this episode, uh, John Deere workers mm-hmm. uh, have just gone back to work after approving what the third mm-hmm. offer from iteration. Yeah, offer from Deere well, contract contract offer. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, after. Five weeks. Five weeks mm-hmm. on strike. And uh, and so, you know, maybe if there were more people who were union members serving in the state legislature, or if there had been more union members serving in the state legislature, the legislation that we have, or the laws that we have on the books with regard to collective bargaining mm-hmm. might be different because it would have been informed by a very different background. Or even, not even just union members, mm-hmm. just people who are the working class. Because or, or people at a, at a, um, uh, we won't, we don't want to name names, but at a, uh, at a, a, for, a former employer where you know that um, people could have benefited from being unionized or having, you know, someone having a bigger, mm-hmm. having a bigger mm-hmm. voice yeah. to speak for as you, as you say, the, the little guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yes. Okay. So <clears throat> we have the data. On... Right. So that's, a, that's a huge amount of background. Okay. Yes, that so... is. <clears throat> okay. What, what I think was funny is that when we were compiling this data, um, well, I was compiling it while you were doing other things, but I mean, you were part of the, the, the data dump here. Um, yes, you were, you were, you were showing me. Yes. Okay. The, the, the senator's web pages mm-hmm, and all those things. Um, and, and quizzing me. Yes. This is what I was going to get to. Guess, guess what <laughs> Senator such and such is. Because we were discovering as we were filling in, um, the, the spreadsheet that, wow, um, it appears that most of our sitting senators, and it, I think it's going to prove to be the same way in the House, but with a little bit of um, variation, fall into four categories. And we were just like, or a combination of right. the four. Um, which which categories do you think it is? It was hilarious. And then it was sad um, when we then broke it down by uh, the Democrats versus the Republicans. So we should lay out what the Iowa Senate is made up of right now. So there's mm-hmm. um, there's 50 senators. One of them is empty. District District one, one. is District one is vacant. Yes, because um, Senator I don't know how you say his name. I think it's Whitting. I think that sounds right. W h i t i n g resigned to take a job. Out of state. Out of state, yes. Yep. So so our governor, um, Kim Reynolds, has to have a call to special election. Right. And that seat hasn't been filled yet. So we haven't had the election yet. I think it's like December 14th or something. Um, okay, so there's only 49 because we're not going to use him. Um, and then of those 49, there are, is it 18 Democrats? That sounds right. No, is it? Okay, I think. And then the rest are obviously Republicans. We don't have any independents um, or libertarians or anything like that in the Senate. Um, okay, 
So what data do you want me to reveal first? Um, maybe we should start off with, um, for whatever this is worth, um, the, the fact that there were several senators who listed their occupation as legislator. And so, I mean, I can see pros and cons to having legislators in there that that's their only focus is, right. is legislation. Right. I suppose if you're in leadership, that's probably helpful because you need to really focus on right. writing And legislation. I guess we, sh- we should also say, though, you know, it is three or four months that the legislature mm-hmm. yeah. is in session. You've got to so leave not like, your job. It's not like you can just take a two-week vacation yes. from your quote-unquote day job. Which also informs a lot of what we're talking go, about. Right, exactly. You can't just up and leave your kitchen job. And I'm, right. I mean, well, nowadays, actually, you probably could. They'd probably take you back but because there's no workers. But right. I'm just saying, yeah. Right. But if you're, you know, if you're a, a UAW uh, member working at the John Deere plant in Waterloo mm-hmm. or the one in Ankeny. Mm-hmm. Or a teacher or who a they teacher. then have to get a sub for, oh, yeah, a long-term yeah, sub. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And that's a teacher, hard for kids. Um, might be different if you're a college professor mm-hmm. where you could. Of which there are college <clears throat> professors yes, in there the are. legislature. Right. But if you're, but if you're a primary or secondary teacher. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do because you can't just say, I'm going to take half of the year off. I mean, there are teachers that yeah, have yes. done that and do that, I think, right. in the house. Right. Well, yeah, there are. Right. But yeah. but it's harder to do. It is, yes. Especially if you're a classroom <clears throat> teacher um, and not a special area, right. you know, like I was when I taught. That right. would have been easier because, you know, you're you're already in and out of classrooms. Well, and I think we should also lay it out before we... And we'll start dropping the data now. So this is a ridiculously long episode as we're famous for making. Um, That we're not saying there's, we're not, we don't have a solution here. Right. There's not one right way or the other. Right. We're just making some observations. But also saying that um, I I do think that there is a problem in the people, the makeup of the body that represents us. Not in any individual people. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um... Yes, so, I mean... <laughs> Which is also why we're not really naming any names, except for there's one name that we were going to name from the house only because... Um, it's, an, it's a great name. <laughs> it is a great name. And, it, it, and we couldn't stop laughing. Maybe we should do that one right now, and then we will drop all the Senate jobs. Okay, so when we were going through all the House yeah. occupations right. for both Republicans and Democrats... Um, some of them, I had a really hard time finding their occupation because, like I said, the Senate has it listed oh, a lot better. Oh, yes. that's yes. Is, this is coming back to me. Okay, okay coming yes. back. Okay, right. So um, I had to like, you know, search other areas to find their occupation, and it was frustrating me. Right, right. After a while, okay. And 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 you were like, I can't figure out what Representative Bossman does. And that's literally his name. Yes, Jacob his, Bossman. Yeah, Bossman. And uh, one word. I forget what was it that I suggested you do. Um, well, he, okay, we should say he's a Republican, yeah. um, from district, it looks like maybe six and no Democrat ran against him. So it's clearly a very red, um, district, but it was frustrating that I, I wrote down in my notes, there is no bio listed on the GOP house website. I mean, maybe there is now this was yeah. a few months ago. Um, <laughs> you said, maybe you should just call his office and ask, what does the boss man do? <laughs> what does, what does representative, what? Yeah, what, is the, what does the boss man do? What does the boss man do? Yeah. We did eventually discover that um, Representative Bossman, Bossman, I'm sure it's Bossman, has a degree in economics, uh, was previously on Grassley's staff, 
So he does have a background. Right. It's just, okay. So if, if, if representative boss man, boss man wants to, <laughs> wants to be a guest on our show and talk about what he did on our podcast, Hey, maybe he could. This is an open invitation. It's an open invitation. Um, He's the only one receiving an invitation only because of his name. So, um, of the 49 senators in the Iowa state house, um, if you, if you had to say, what is the majority? Mm-hmm. What are their occupations? And some of them have a lot listed. So we, we tried to, based on, you know, on the best we could do with our research, w- what do we think is their main occupation? Right. Where should they fall? Right. So like there were several people that said they were a legislator slash something else, but I didn't put all of them under the legislator category because to me, the something else was more of their job. Right. Um, and there was, uh, there was at least one person who said attorney and small business owner. And, and you, yeah, which and one? Uh, w- what we don't know is what is that small business? Is it, is the, it, is is it, it the, the law office? Yeah, yes. Right. Okay. So, okay. So the, the, the majority, if you had to make a pie chart, more than 26% of um, leg- legislators, and this is all of them, Democrats and Republicans are, <laughs> I bet people can guess. Farmers, um, yep. their their occupation is listed as a farmer, which so, those are working people, right? So right, so farmers are well represented, well, well represented in the state which legislature. We both discussed is a good thing because this is an agricultural <clears throat> state. Right. Yes, except except here's the problem: <laughs> um, of those thirteen legislators that we felt really did fall into, that's their main job, um, farming. Uh, a whopping one is a Democrat. So twelve of the thirteen. <laughs> Um, farmers in the Iowa Senate, 12 of them are Republicans, right? which and, explains and, a hell of a lot. Well, and uh, we know quite a few farmers around here mm-hmm. who are Democrats. Yes, we do. So, so hmm. they're out there. They are definitely out there. We also know quite a few who don't really want to be categorized. Yeah. They're independents. Exactly. And they, I mean, I think um, talking to a lot of people who are, you know, um, older, wiser, um, Iowans in like their 80s and 90s, uh, just because you were a farmer in the 50s or the 60s did not automatically place you in the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. That is a more um, recent, um, and by recent, I, I mean like, you know, more than 10 years, but that is a more recent um, occurrence here that suddenly uh, the Republican Party is the party of farmers because right. that's, I well, we don't think it's true for one thing, but if you yeah. look at the data, it sure seems to be. Right. And I think... It's, it has to do with rural representation is right, what it does. Right. My grandpa's cousin was a, a Democrat mm-hmm. and a longtime member of the Iowa House and then later a uh, fairly long-serving uh, Secretary of Agriculture. As a Democrat. As a Democrat, yeah. Which is a future episode that we need to make. Yes. And we're getting on it. Yes. 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 Uh, and apparently we need to... Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of We need to talk to with. Denise O'Brien yes. from uh, over in mm-hmm. uh, Atlantic, Iowa. You know, saying that you were a Republican did not suddenly describe everything about you. Right. Saying you were a Democrat didn't suddenly describe everything about you. And it's more and more becoming that. And it's kind of gross right. that this is what's happened. Because you should be able to go into a voting booth and feel that... You have a lot of different options, right. and it's not just down to what party they are. Well, and during the pandemic, you haven't even had to say whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. You just have to go into a public place wearing a mask or not wearing Which a mask. Which is ridiculous because we know a lot of people who are Republicans <clears throat> who are, well, for good, they all have to be because of the data. They're right. immunized. Right. They wore masks. Yeah. It just became some kind of 
horrible um, polarizing calling card. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, exactly. You never need to get away. Okay. We, so, so we have four categories. Yes. Well, I have more than that, but four main ones. Four, yeah. Four, so that was right. number one. Um, okay. So then we flip over to small business owner. Yeah. And this is a category that we had a real problem with because a lot of people listed their occupation as quote small business owner and mm-hmm. we know darn well their businesses aren't small um not in the way that a lot of small business owners around here would look at um their business right we're not saying that it's not hard to run any kind of small business so basically okay if you're not a farmer if you're gonna throw a dart at the board you're more than likely in the iowa senate going to be a quote small business owner mm-hmm. and um 11 of them are represented represented um in the Senate. As you said, there's nothing wrong with any of these professions. Mm-mm. It would just be nice to see a little bit more diversity in terms of the the occupations. Mm-hmm. Well, and not even that, the people that run, which we'll that, touch on too. Not, yes. Not, not, not even mention... the people that are actually winning, just the people that are able to run. Right. Yes. Right, right. Okay. So of those 11 small business owners, only two are Democrats. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's skewed. Um then we have uh, we've got another category which is the neck is the third highest. It's got eight people in it, but we'll talk about that later um, because it, you know it's hard to quantify that. Um, attorneys, there's four that we felt were um, that's their full time profession, and fifty percent are Democrats. It's surprising that there were only four attorneys because it seemed like well there are more people that have law degrees, oh, but they're right, not right. actually like that's not their. That is not their primary role when they're not in the legislature. Right, right. Yes. Okay. Um, so, you know, two are Republicans, two are um, Democrats. Then we had uh, four people that basically said they were executives. And mm-hmm. again, two were Democrats, two were Republicans. Um, we had four that we felt fit into the higher ed category, whether they were a professor, adjunct professor, or just working in higher ed. Um, right. Three of those were Democrats. Mm-hmm. One was a Republican. So then we had, um, you know, then, okay, we said that there were three people uh, who were just full-time legislators. Two out of the three were Democrats. Um, There were two people that we felt were basically just retired and weren't doing anything else. Like, they really were retired. Um, And then they're also legislators. It is, again, half and half, one Democrat, one Republican. Um, Okay, the last one I'm going to do is the ca- after this one, but the very final one we're doing is the working class category. But um, so the other category I said had eight people in it. Mm-hmm. Um, four of them are Democrats, four are Republicans, and the jobs um, of those eight others uh, were um, one person just had marketing and communications listed. One person was a retired speech pathologist, but they were also doing other things now. Um, a staff rep for a union. We won't say what. A minister. Most people listening probably know who that is. Um, and those were the Democrats. And then the Republicans um, in the other category were somebody who was a website designer slash sub, substitute teacher. Um, but it appeared that they also did a lot of... There were just people with so many things that it was difficult to categorize them. Um, somebody was in criminal investigations, uh, real estate, and then a director at a business. And we should also say there are a lot of people in the Senate and the House with military backgrounds, um, but we didn't really, like, we didn't list that here as right. um, 
other than the person that we said was in criminal investigation. Right. It, did, it did seem like there was one person who was career military, mm-hmm. um, but, but the others, yeah. you know. Had it as part of their yeah, background. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, and somebody else can go record their own podcast and refute everything we're saying here, but um, I really just felt like that there was really only one person that would fit into the, quote, the working class category. But the problem was, is they're retired now. So they're not actually going to that job um, right. every day. Uh, and that, that person is a Democrat. Is right. um, They are retired from John Deere. Right. And there, there's nothing wrong with retired people. No. Um, and presumably uh, that, that person's uh, working class experience is more recent than Chuck Grassley's farming experience probably but who knows and he still calls himself a farmer right yes so i mean i don't know how this person this individual runs their campaign we didn't have time to dive into everybody's campaign but um i'm assuming that they would if they're smart are relying heavily on the fact that they used to be a machinist yeah um at john deere uh earlier in their career but um that was a big part of their life uh so i guess the questions that I had after we created this spreadsheet um, that I think a lot of people need to ask themselves is, okay, A, who are the working class? That's right. important. Um, and then, you know, the question we asked at the top, where are they? How are they represented? Um, I'm sure some people that fall into these categories, uh, you know, these actual senators feel that they are very much working class, especially the, those that are farmers. Mm-hmm. But to me, it also depends on the manner in which you are farming today. Right, right. Because if you are a a, a farmer in, in land-owning title only, that's very different right. than if you're, say... Uh, the so, farmer you watch out your window mm-hmm, on a daily every basis. Day because I, yeah. Not because I'm some kind of <laughs> rear window <laughs> character, okay, but okay, because okay, we LB live Jeffries. on a working farm. Right. Yes, and he <clears throat> is working... Working every day, a variety of farm tasks constantly. Yep. Um, that is very different from a landowner that has over a thousand, oh no, right. several thousand acres and has a, you know, a, a group of individuals, tenant farmers working for them. Right. That's different. How You've, many of those farmers are tenant farmers exactly. as the majority of their job? Right. And you know, I think a lot of what I had, the issue, and it wasn't an issue, but just what I was thinking about, I was watching Senator, what's his name again? Padilla? speak yes. was oh, there is beauty in being a working person like right. your life is just as you know what i like at the end of the day we talked about this when we ran mm-hmm. you know you go home from work take off the trappings of the day um and and you are exhausted and but you you did that job and right. you're now home and there's your family you know whatever your family is um and your life is valuable too. And what you contributed to society is just as valuable as those people that are sitting senators. This, this sounds a little bit like your, uh, like your campaign video okay, well, or but, part, parts but of it. Like, no, but that's but why I mean, we ran. Exactly. Because exactly. people should have a choice. Right. And when you look at that ballot, you should be able to see yourself somewhere mm-hmm. that there are, di- there are people living ex- vastly different lives from a, most of the people in the state house. Mm-hmm. And so even if you came up in a blue collar, mid, you know, middle class, lower middle class, um, low wealth um, life, it's not like we're saying that you've now forgotten that. 
but I think a lot of people feel like you did. Right. Because if you remembered that, you might be sponsoring some different legislation. Exactly. Or doing something different in the way you govern, where you realize that you are governing for thousands and millions of people that are depending on you Mm -hmm. to do the things that they can't do because they're busy working. Right. So then we turn it around and we think, we would like more working people to have the opportunity to run. Right. I think that was a, one of the big reasons why we chose to run. Right. That's was, that's where the real challenge is. Gosh, yes. Was running easy? No. <laughs> um, no. <clears throat> and you know what? One thing I have said now as we're trying to find people to run in this next cycle, mm-hmm. um, right, as both of us are um, members of the e-board for our local county party, mm-hmm. Um is I now when I ask people if they would consider running, I am so hesitant to do it. I feel the weight. I right. almost feel badly how possibly <clears throat> willy nilly I asked some people to run. Right. Because what am I asking them to do? I mean, a lot. Yeah. Especially when you work. Um, and one of the things that we just kind of uh, danced around a little bit is, <clears throat> you know, talking in terms of the, 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 the lack of certain people with certain occupations um, in the in the state legislature is that there are a lot of employers. Mm. Yeah, this is a big deal. Who expressly forbid their employees mm-hmm. from running for elected? Yeah, it's running in, for elected office in their contract. at least in at least in a partisan partisan yes uh, race race, or they can run. Mm-hmm. But if elected, then they can't, which I basically right. think the our election didn't take place until after um, my AmeriCorps term had ended. Right. And I had, I had, I could run, you know, but I, I couldn't have been an AmeriCorps member as a sitting. Right. Legis- no, right. that was, that was a big right. no, no. Um, and also there were things that I could do and couldn't do while I was working that AmeriCorps, it made it tricky running. It right. really did. We had to do a very um, delicate dance. Yeah. And you could, run. you could also not be a newspaper reporter mm-hmm. and um, be a state legislator mm-hmm. for the, dis- <laughs> for the district. Yeah. Where, good grief. You can't report on yourself. Where you report. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we got around that um, when I was running in that, uh, they, they dropped my byline mm-hmm. and I was not part of staff anymore mm-hmm. um in any capacity you right. know as a correspondent freelance or otherwise right. i did write a few things um for the paper but i did not get paid mm-hmm. uh and i didn't write anything that was uh political right. i think i helped with derecho coverage most of it was photographs because they were needed <laughs> and right. i was out working yeah. as an americorps or serving as an americorps member so i was in the right. places where the right. photos could be taken and it really is unfortunate because the spectrum of work especially in rural iowa is is so rich mm-hmm. and they and i mean you look at this spreadsheet and we're down to four plus ish categories mm-hmm. how sad is that like, no wonder we have no imagination in a lot of the legislation right. we write. Right. Or we, we don't necessarily have... I hope people don't take this the wrong way because I know that um, I, as a person, can be a little bit too passionate for some people. But I do feel like 
we're just kind of lacking in in real you know passion mm-hmm. for the majority of the working people right um to make their lives better right i mean if you if you're working that life you're going to really want to work hard to make it better case in point i only make 14 dollars an hour i think i that the job and the work i'm doing as the it, reporter yes i mean and i could have asked for more but that's a completely different story. I'm a woman and I didn't ask for more. Mm-hmm. So I'm making $14 an hour. I'm doing a very good job. Um, if minimum wage was set at 15, I'd be making $15 an hour. Right. Do I think all all across the board that we should raise the minimum wage to 15? No, because I can see small business owners' points that they're, when there's a high school student, you know, management, things like that, that there needs to be some kind of graduated um, wage scale. But the fact that minimum wage is $7 and 25 cents. Oh my God. There's a reason we're not raising that. Look at the categories. I understand that there are some professions where running for office really is a, that's a complication Mm -hmm. that you can't, I mean, partisan office. Right. That makes sense. We're not saying it doesn't, but Okay, the fact that we have one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe seven categories here, and that's it mm-hmm. for 50 people or 49-plus right. people. And the categories are going to work out the same for the house, and that's 100 people. That says something. Right. There's a- I, but I think we should also acknowledge that you know, we've, we've named um, one of those categories small business owner. Mm-hmm. And there's but, a lot of variants. But when in you that, walk yeah. down Main Street, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's, you know, there's the, um, there's the dance instructor, who owns her own business, mm-hmm. dance dance school. Mm-hmm. There's, um, there's the the bar owner mm-hmm. who's, um, you know, the only, the only game in town. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we're talking not just food the only, and alcohol, not, not just the only bar or restaurant in town, yeah, but there's it. not even a convenience store. Mm-hmm. There's not a, a, certainly not a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, and there aren't many businesses in town period. No. And I don't think none of these people are touting the fact that, well, there might've been one actually, but we're not, we don't want to name names. So, um, that, you know, their small business is like Joe's coffee Right. On Main Street in a town of 500 people right. where they're, you know, they're really doing a big service. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's, it's a big deal in that tiny community right. Right. and they're really in touch with all the people in that tiny community, right. which are representative of a lot of other mm-hmm. small but mighty communities in right. Iowa. Um, but I was going to say something about small business owner. Oh, I know. A lot of these small businesses though appear to be consulting businesses from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if if I'm if I'm drawing from a house and senate or house or senate right now, but that possibly came about because they are now serving in the right. legislature and right. they need a job that right. allows them to serve in the legislature because, like we've said, a it's super difficult to run for office as a blue collar current working class person. Right. Right. Let alone then uh, now you got to figure out how you're going to be gone from your job right. for three to four months a year. Uh, so start a consulting business? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah, advice. And when, uh, but it appears that the average sitting senator, state senator, and mm-hmm. probably, you know, U.S., but in the average sitting House member, state House member, is probably not well-versed anymore on what it means to be 
a working person, particularly right. in rural Iowa, because as we've pointed out, only one of those 13 senators, farm, farmer senators, mm-hmm. are Democrats. Right. There's only one. Right. So I don't know what the answer is to any of this. We were just wanting to uh, fulfill some people's questions which I think we did. We've now shown you the makeup of at least the Iowa Senate. So we've answered some questions and, and, and left. Created a and, lot <laughs> yes, I created a lot more questions, right? <laughs> what, what, is the, what is the roundabout, um, quote, quote, unquote, moral of the story here? Uh, I think we need, we, oh my goodness. And saying we need more working people to run is such a horrible thing to say because we have proven how hard it is to run. Right. So uh, I think it's just... It, it, it doesn't seem fair. Mm -hmm. And I think saying it doesn't seem fair is a big reason why a lot of people vote for Trump Mm -hmm. because everything seems stacked against the working class. Right. And it seems like the power in both parties, Republican and Democrat is not shared, is not, um, I mean, I know that. This, that right now Joe Biden has signed some historic legislation, mm-hmm. which will make its way to the working class because right. that's what it was designed for. Right. But there's a reason we have that legislation. And we actually had some you know, members cross the aisle, including some from Iowa. Yes, Chuck voted for the yep. infrastructure bill. Thank you, Chuck. Yes, he did. There's something to be said for just show up yep. in rural small town, Iowa, and once isn't enough. And right. and swooping in to go out to eat somewhere and then saying you visited rural Iowa. Mm-hmm. Please, local paper, cover me. Right. Um, no, that's... I think people can see through the BS. Right. A lot of people can see through the BS and they, they go into the voting booth and all they see is BS. Right. That's all they see. And it's, it's not down to one party or the other. Uh and it's hard for them then when something like the infrastructure bill is passed for them to really see, because a lot of it won't even happen for years, um, but it's hard for them to see like the, like this is such a big win for them when, mm-hmm. well, life is still sitting here the same way it was before. Right. So, and, and you still all have this power and you argue about things that I feel are ridiculous and don't affect me, even though we know they do, but... Mm-hmm. I think we answered like zero questions <laughs> other than what is the what are the occupations of well i think i think Iowa we've Senate. i think we've hopefully answered the question or at least hypothesized in some way <laughs> um you know some answer to the question why aren't there more people like me mm-hmm. in the state legislature yes so when people ask Which us, really, can I point them to our fourth? That was really kind of <laughs> our fourth episode. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Wait, so we did meet our goals. That should make you very happy. You're a very goal-oriented person. Yes. Thank you for tuning in. We would also like to give a special thanks to our supporters on Kofi. If you'd like to join them in supporting this podcast with a financial contribution, visit weliveheretoo.us/support. Let us know what you thought about this episode or to suggest a topic or guest for a future episode. You can email us at podcast at welivehere2.us. Connect with us on social media at welivehere pod or visit our website, welivehere2.us.